Welcome to Awards Radar, the podcast, a weekly discussion of the awards races, Hollywood news, and the films you should have on your radar. Here's your host, Joey Magidson. Happy almost Halloween, I guess, considering half of the things we're talking about are horror-centric. It's the Awards Radar podcast. Uh, yeah, and the scariest thing is, well, I was, no, I was gonna say Ryan's not here, but for Miles, that's certainly not scary. It's the opposite of scary, if anything. Yeah, but you're but you are here. I am here. Hello, everybody. And Steve's here. Hey, everyone. And Mitch is back. Hello. Well, we were hoping for a little more than that, but you know, sure. That's all I got. Hi. All right. There you go. The the well the long-awaited return. <laughs> just, the return of the king, if you will. Yeah, leave me one here more. to underwhelm. I mean, listen, you can't steal my brand. <laughs> all right we have a we have a couple of things to talk about genre related we have to wrap up our homework from last week mitchell catch up and we're gonna do a recalibration we're gonna make it kind of a, a short thing we're recording a little bit late at night uh steve is watching baseball i'm home from halloween and hungry so we uh we will make this work uh so quickly let's get halloween kills out of the way because uh steve's not allowed to say anything yet because he didn't see it no uh and and i did and it's fine it's it's honestly it's it's fine. It's a Halloween sequel. It's much more violent than the last one. It hints at some themes that it doesn't really explore all that well. But if what you want is Michael Myers butchering people, it's there's plenty of that. It's uh, it's main issue for me, and I understand why they did it because Halloween Ends is coming next year. But they sidelined Laurie for a lot of the movie, and the other reason you're probably watching this is Jamie Lee Curtis. So. That's not particularly ideal, but it uh, it very much feels like a partner to the last one, to the point of I brought my friend who hadn't seen the last one, and I could tell he was a little puzzled. Because, like, why is there... Who's Oscar? It's like people who, you know, die in the first one are referenced and shown, like, throughout this one. The Grouch. Yeah. Yeah, Oscar the Grouch. I mean, he was kind of trashy. That'd be great. Yeah. Oscar well, now I'm thinking I need to rewatch the fir- the previous one because I don't fucking remember who Oscar is. Oh, I don't remember. I didn't know his name. It's, it's, he lives in a garbage can. He's really grouchy. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. And that's what I'm here for. Um, the the douchey friend of 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 the granddaughter's boyfriend who like wants to kiss her and then Michael kills him. Is he the what, like the incel kid who's like whining in the backyard and Michael's staring at him? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The one who's sure, like, sure. Yeah. Come on, bro. I'm having a bad day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oscar. It's Oscar. Yeah, you know. That memorable character, Oscar. Yeah, I don't know that I knew his... Keep in mind, there's like a 50% chance that his name is not Oscar, but, you know. It might be Cookie. That it... The only I mean, supporting looking... character I really remember from that movie is the uh, the kid that's being babysat, because he's hilarious. He pops up for a hot second in this one, and it was delightful. Awesome. Because I can't tell if, like, it, and it's... And it's the same type of, like, you know, the the personality is still there. So I was like, yeah. Um, it's it's fine. Like, you're going to get what you want out of it or not. Like, I don't know that anyone is going to change their mind about this particular version of the franchise, if that makes sense. Like, I would be shocked if Steve doesn't hate it. I would be surprised if Ryan doesn't like it. Miles could probably go either way. I think he'll, you'll, I think you'll like parts of it. That's fair. I, I mean, guess. there's not a high bar as far as 
Halloween sequels go in general. So if it's like competent, it'll have fulfilled my expectations. I think four is underrated. Yeah. I think you have to revisit that. But I will go into this. Oh yeah, it it it, it was Oscar, by the way. Somehow I was right. I'm going to go into this. Go on. Seeing it as a failed attempt to reboot Halloween, but trying to enjoy it for what it is. That's my goal. Knowing that you know, where the bar is for me right now, maybe maybe it'll surpass what I expect. They they do, I would say, one legitimately surprising thing, if you're not aware of the script that I think was widely read in the pandemic, because the movie was delayed for a year. But in any event, you're listening to this on Thursday, comes out on Friday. Theaters, Paramount Plus, nope. we can uh, give it a Peacock. mention. Peacock. Peacock. Oh, Peacock. Whatever. Some <laughs> shit no one has. Um... <laughs> Legitimately, it's theaters or bust. This podcast but, uh, not brought to you by Peacock or Paramount Plus. Neither advertise on advertises on the site. It will so. soon. After this, take it as a lesson. When you give us money, we pronounce your company properly. It's just how I roll. But we will talk about it more next week when I imagine Steve will have angrily seen it and Miles will have watched it and so on and so forth. But I will let Steve chime in because. Like myself, we have seen the new Ghostbusters movie. Yes, we have. And I enjoyed it. Um, As did I. That was all I was hoping for, was to enjoy it, because I really haven't cared for any of the sequels. Uh, Two was okay. The 2016, was it? Or whatever that was. Ghostbusters answer the call. I didn't care for that. It, it was okay. It just wasn't a Ghostbusters movie. This Steve's is a Ghostbusters wanton movie. misogyny. No, it's just I didn't. I, yeah, no, it has listen, nothing to do with who it, it has to do with. It did it feel like a Ghostbusters movie? And it didn't. For one scene, there was one scene in that film where she was in the restaurant that I thought feels like Ghostbusters. The rest of it felt like people dressed up in Ghostbusters costumes. This. Feels like a Ghostbusters film. This captures the spirit of the Ghostbusters. Um, I was actually kind of worried seeing the trailer, thinking what a lot of people thought. What is this Stranger Things, you know, trying to be Ghostbusters? And it's not. Um, And that's all I'll really say. Go see it. I think a lot of fans are really going to love it. And, you know, there'll always be haters, but that's 2021 for you. Hate gonna hate. Yeah. It. Mm Hmm. Yeah, it's 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 very much made for fans of Ghostbusters. I, I thought the the answer to the call was fine, but it wasn't trying to be Ghostbusters. It was let's use the property to make a new thing, and that was ultimately I think the problem. Like if if they had just made like a ghost hunting comedy, that team, I think it would have been much better received because it wouldn't have gotten caught up in like the dregs of the internet for lack of a better term just garbage people where my issues lie with uh the halloween films that are coming out now okay they brought back jamie lee curtis and they call her laurie but they stripped away a lot of what halloween was and that's what i felt with ghostbusters i'm like it didn't really feel like a ghostbusters film if you called it you know paranormal fighters i would have said okay i still didn't think it was that great but I mean, I, I would have questioned kind that title. Kind of a title. title. Yeah. <laughs> what? Why so critical? That's a good name. You know, we'll go back to bad movie pitches and be like, can we workshop the name? Paranormal. <laughs> oh, hold on. I'm tired. Paranormal Fighters. Yeah. Theaters 2022. Paranormal Fighters sounds like a movie The Asylum would put out. 
Sounds like an arcade game from the 80s. I'm getting... Yeah, yeah it does. Like, uh, I'm getting the tattoo right now. It's a, it, Paranormal Fighters is a great sequel to Splatterhouse. Paranormal Fighters. There's a reference to people. Somebody make it. If it ever happens, uh, remember, you heard it here first. In a world needing Paranormal Fighters. No, this one This one is very much a Ghostbusters-style movie. It uh, There's a lot of fan service. Most of it handled well. One or two things, I think, are a little like... Uh-huh. You like it? You like it? But I'm also yeah. the target audience for that, so I didn't mind it. But um, McKenna Grace is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Easily the best person in the movie. You, Even if they weren't engaging in fan service, I think that character is so good and evokes what you like about Ghostbusters so much without getting into more. Though, you know, they're not exactly hiding her connection to the original. Um, she's great. The... The Stranger Things boy is fine. Was it Finn Wolfhard on? Like, which, if ever there was a name for the asylum. Um, He's fine. Paul Rudd's fine. Um, He's fun. He's doing his own thing. He's doing his Paul Rudd thing. He's vaguely superfluous to the movie, but an enjoyable presence. Gary Coon's a little wasted. Um, Some cool cameos. Some you can kind of gather. Some you won't. And uh, there's legitimately one moment that uh could easily not have worked but is oddly like just an emotional high point of a lot of the movies i've seen this year like steve knows probably what i'm talking about and it it works so much better than it should i agree uh i thought maybe 10 minutes in the middle could have been cut or tightened up a little bit because it you kind of got the point where they're you know where they're going and otherwise i i thought it played very well yeah, there's a there's a little end of first act, beginning of second act where you're just like, I well, I want more ghosts yeah, or busting, exactly. um, but they they do they do a pretty good job of pacing how they would get used to the gadgets. You know, they're they're because the Ghostbusters exist. They're just this old thing that why would anyone care about? And they they get good mileage out of that. It's well done. It's fun. It's not really trying to be anything else. It's made by people who love the original. And the sequel. And, uh, I mean, Jason Reitman won't stop talking about how much he appreciates the other one, too. So, like, it's it's not trying to, like, retcon anything, but it's it's probably... It's better than, I think, the Ghostbusters 3 we almost got several times over from Dan. Yeah, and it played to the right audience. It was at uh, New York Comic Con, and they're dressed up in homemade, homemade proton packs and, you know, jumpsuits and everything else. And uh, it was the right audience to sit with. Because, you know, there is that fan service, but there's also uh, a lot of heart from the original that carried over here. Yeah, So totally. I mean, Sony knew what they were doing when they were like, so we're going to screen it for you guys. Why don't you just watch it with them? It was kind of funny to know they were going to screen it and be in a room full of people who didn't know it. And they keep talking about like, okay, we're going to show you some clips. I'm like, I really hope they don't show us clips to the movie I'm about to see. And the the guy running the panel, who was frankly kind of annoying um kept like trying to like tee up jason reitman to set up the clips so i was like please jason just just roll the film for us so when he was like you know you guys waited a year or two years to see the movie and frankly we think you've waited long enough i was i was relieved while other people were just like oh my god we're seeing it so it was was cute but you know 
Steve was at Comic-Con. He did a whole bunch of other things that you can see on the site. But we'll talk more about Ghostbusters once everyone's seen it, because I would like to uh, talk a little bit more about where things might go from here. But that is a conversation to be had later. One thing I'll say about it, though, was afterwards, and not just that night, but every day after the next two days, uh, every time you heard someone say, did you see Ghostbusters? The response was, or were you there? Either it was someone really disappointed they weren't, or someone who was like, oh, man, I can't believe how great that was. And so it's uh, it's it's getting great buzz from the, the right crowd right now. I think it's going to go over well. I don't think we're going to have any issues with box office here. Yeah, we shall we shall see, since we do live in the time of who the hell knows when it comes to the box office. Yeah, and if it doesn't work, there's always paranormal fighters. Yeah, you just can keep <laughs> pitching that. Well, if I if I talk to Jason Reitman again, I will make sure that I I mention it to him. I think he would probably prefer to hear that than what I told him last time when I told him that I like men, women, and children. Yeah, that was the response that he gave to. Him. All right, he's, he's well, like, "Are you sure?" Uh, I, I've told the story before. He said, fuck off. <laughs> it's like, fuck off. You didn't like that movie. No one liked that movie. I was like, I legitimately love that movie. The funny part was to that story is I swear he knew he was making Ghostbusters at the time. And he actually, toward the end, asked, well, what would you make if you were me? Like, what would you do next? Because I think he knew he was making it and he wanted to know if that was like where my head was at. And I said, that, well, you know the kind of movies you make that I like. And he went, yeah, that's what people want to see more of. So he's not, he's not, he is not unself aware. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Ryan McDermott has a film hawk face off for us, and then we will, um, finish our, uh, Mount Rushmore homework. The, uh, film hawk face off he has today is Daniel Craig. Woo! All right. So, was it a ghost house? That was it? No. That was one of the paranormal fighters. Yeah, Ghost House, <laughs> Ghost uh, Dream House, or Paranormal Fighters. Now you're talking. No. Um, he has real ones. Though now I'm trying to find another bad Daniel Craig movie to pair with Dream House, that unwatchable movie. Do we know of another bad Daniel Craig movie? The Invasion. I was yeah. gonna say people think The Invasion is bad, but I like it. All right. Well, we know which one Mitch would pick on The Invasion or Dream House. <laughs> uh, here, the first one is Knives Out or The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Miles, Mitch, Steve. Uh, damn it. I love both of these movies, and I think he's great in both of them. Um, I'd probably give the slight edge to Knives Out, just because Girl with the Dragon Tattoo is great, but it does have those ickier moments that does hamper the rewatchability, whereas Knives Out is borderline perfect. All right. I If we have to pick one and like the other's like gone forever, I would pick Knives Out because I think I kind of like The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo better, but I also really love The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, like the Swedish one. So I'll keep that and then keep Knives Out as well. Trying to have it both ways. Yeah. Well, I think the opening credits for Dragon Tattoo are some of the best ever. Um, and I think it's a good film, but again, I, I agree. The Swedish, they hold up well enough, so I will go with Knives Out. A delightful film. Uh, I'll go with Dragon Tattoo. I, I, up until the last, like, 20 minutes of Knives Out, I didn't really see the point, like, the fuss that everyone was making, and then I got it, but I think I will go with Dragon Tattoo. Both need to be revisited, though. Uh, next one... 
Not not a thrilling one, but here you go. Uh, Logan Lucky or The Adventures of Tintin? Y'all, y'all shit on Adventures of Tintin as much as you like. That movie is delightful and a much better fourth Indiana Jones film than the actual fourth Indiana Jones film that we got. Um, versus Logan Lucky. Um, Craig is great in Logan Lucky, and I do really enjoy that film on the whole. I would probably go with Tintin, though. I find myself rewatching that one far more often. Fair. It's it's funny that you say that this is not a thrilling one because I love both of these movies oh boy. <laughs> so much. <laughs> and this is extremely difficult for me. Mitch Adventures, knows what's up. Adventures of Tintin has that that long take action sequence, which is like one of the best action sequences, I think, of the last like 10 years. Um, but I think if I had to choose, I would choose Logan Lucky. Oh, interesting. Yeah, well, Tintin. I'm going to shit on Tintin and give it to Logan Lucky. <laughs> I did not care for Tintin at all. I could not get into that. I, I actually, because of your high praise, I will uh, go and revisit it. But when I tried the first time, I, also I do, was not interested. I, I do kind of look like Tintin, so I'm a little bit biased towards it because of that. It's just, just seeing yourself on screen is really what does it for you. Yeah, it's really exciting. Yeah. If only uh, Peter Jackson and Steven Spielberg made a movie about me. <laughs> um, I'm going to go Logan Lucky mainly on the strength of Daniel Craig because that's probably the only part of Logan Lucky I remember. You were saying something, Steve? I'm sorry. I'm actually talking to my daughter. Does she does she like Logan Lucky or Adventures of Tintin more? Yeah, get her to weigh she, in. No, on she, already, she already did. She likes Logan Lucky. Are you kidding me? She thought Tintin was a joke. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I really wish we were doing way more inappropriate films. Like, wait, wait, Irreversible or Blue is the Warmest Color? Ask her now. I enjoyed my own joke. I don't know what to tell <laughs> I, If he's asking, I will I will lose my mind. Um, well, well, she wait. likes the color blue, so... Yeah. I mean, there's some good lessons in that film. Uh, while we wait for Steve, uh, we'll go to the next round. Munich or Road to Perdition? Uh, both great movies that it's easy to forget that he's in, uh, <laughs> but he's great in both of them. Um, I like his role better in Munich, and Munich is a terrific film, but I think overall I go with Road to Perdition. All right. Mitch? This is uh, really reminding you how many good movies Daniel Craig has been in. Right? I- I love both of these movies, and I agree he's oh, like smaller roles in both of them. But he he knocks both of these out of the park. Um, I love his performance in Road to Perdition. I think that I probably would lean towards Road to Perdition between the two. But I I really do love both of them a lot. All right, Steve, you back? Yes, I'm back, and I agree with all the above, including the choice of Road to Perdition. Uh, I'm gonna go Munich. The, it it has a way worse scene. It has the the sex and violence uh, montage that never works ever in a movie. Everyone thinks it will and it won't. But uh, overall, I do like slightly better. They're both very good movies, though. Uh, sorry, Mitch. You you and, and both aren't talked about. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. Um, also, sorry, Mitch. You you had to speak it into existence. The next one is Quantum of Solace or Spectre. <laughs> okay. Well, so much so much for the the just quality. Uh, Miles, go ahead. 
Um, well, regardless of what you think of either film, I think it's not controversial to say that these are the two lower sides of his tenure as Bond. It's the two times he doesn't look like he wants to be there. And, you know, Quantum is bad for reasons that are in many ways out of its control. Yeah. And Spectre is bad for a quizzical mix of overambition and underambition. Um, Quantum, I, th I think I find frustrating because the editing is especially bad, which makes the action scenes almost all incomprehensible. Plus the yeah. plot is like super lame by Bond standards. Spectre is like half to two thirds of a totally solid movie. It's really only in the third act that it completely falls apart. So uh, given the choice, I'd go with Spectre. That's fair. I, since day one, have been a Quantum of Solace apologist. I really like that movie. I think that it works really well as a sequel, like a direct sequel to Casino Royale. I think you can feel the broodingness of that character through all of Quantum of Solace. I really like Olga Kurylenko in it. I love Matthew Amorik as a Bond villain. It, it works for me. And Spectre, I think, is god-awful. I think it's kind of an insulting movie. The move to like retcon the entire Daniel Craig Daniel Craig era of Bond is just like you see it coming a mile away. It's also super cheap. It makes no sense. the The whole Christoph Waltz thing, I cannot stand any movie that does this whole oh they're not playing this character we promise when everybody knows they're playing that character and then the reveal happens in the movie and we're supposed to be shocked somehow even though the reveal in the movie he's like. I'm Blofeld, as if that means anything to anybody who hasn't, like, seen the other Bond movies, you know? Um, so I go with Quantum of Solace. I don't like Spectre. <laughs> um, I, I have a very interesting thing I want to bring up in a minute, but uh, Steve, do your thing. <laughs> For all the reasons Mitchell hates it, I kind of like it. I'm going with Spectre. <laughs> uh, all right. I will, so I'm going to go Spectre ever so slightly, but I have a very important specification to make quantum of solace works if you watch it back to back with um casino royale if you watch them as one long movie it works much better if you just come across quantum of solace you're just like the stakes are very low it's not like it's it's just not what you want it to be but <clears throat> if you do back to back it as like this is the story it works much better there's no excusing like the incomprehensible editing but that's, you know, Mark Forster's not an action director, and they hired, um, was it Dan Bradley, the the guy who did all the uh, Bourne movies, as the second unit dude. So that's that's also the bad habit that Bond has of what's popular, let's go do that. Oh, shaky, shaky editing, let's try that. Or with Spectre, you know, cinematic universes, let's try that. I, I think Spectre so. kind of reminds you of where Bond came from, you know? Well, it's, it's a Roger Moore movie. Yeah, it's... That's what I kind of like about it. You know, it's like it, 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 I don't know. Maybe it's a disrespectful to the rest of the Craig uh, films, but it's kind of cheesy fun. Yeah, it's it doesn't it does not pair well with thought, which <laughs> happens sometimes. It it has the look of there's a lot of times where Daniel Craig looks like he's like, ugh, this is not what I thought I'd be doing, and also just you know, Sam Mendes is only back for the money. Whereas, you know, Skyfall, for example, is almost solely, like, filmmaking passion kind of on display in a, you know, blockbuster movie. Uh, they're, they're, listen, they're not bad movies to me. They're just 
weaker links in Bond and the clearly weak links in the Daniel Craig story, which, as we now know, is basically just a one story told over five movies. And uh, question. As someone who's seen all five, uh, if you take those two out, does it still make sense? Do you, do you need Spectre for I, no time to... I, I think you need Spectre. I don't think you need Quantum. Oh, okay. I, think, I think realistically, by the there's way... A, there's a lot of direct through yeah. lines carried over from Spectre. Quantum is more wrapping up the Casino Royale stuff, but if you'd only seen Casino Royale, you would still get the gist of it. Gotcha. So shout out to the James Bonding podcast that uh, Matt Myra and Matt Gorley do, um, which has been on hiatus, but obviously is back periodically now. Um, they said this, and I think is actually right. The Daniel Craig Bonds are three movies. Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace is one movie. Skyfall is its own movie. Spectre and No Time to Die is one movie. And if you watch them that way, they make way more sense because the, the plot threads are are there. The only real standalone movie is Skyfall. I would agree with that. Yeah. Like, No Time to Die, if you don't remember anything from Spectre, you don't miss much. But there's a couple of, like, wait, wait, what? That is very much helpful. And, Sky- and Quantum of Solace fully doesn't work if you haven't seen yeah. Casino Royale. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, by the way, the last one we're doing now is Casino Royale or Skyfall. Shocker. Wait, yeah. no layer cake? I mean, you want to do layer cake or no time? Layer, fine. Layer cake or no time to die? I, I haven't seen no time to, to die, it. so I guess layer cake. Oh, well, there you go. You went with layer cake. All right, layer cake one. Okay. Wait, wait which, which one are we doing first? Uh, Casino Royale or Skyfall. And you can throw in your other one if you want. Okay, sure. Uh, well, Casino Royale and Skyfall are both among my top three Bond films of all time. Yeah, uh, I think they're both sensational and they really highlight the best that Daniel Craig does with the character. Um, I give the slight edge, not even slight edge. Skyfall is my favorite Bond film. I think it's terrific from start to finish. I know people have pointed out all the plot holes and all the inconsistencies, this, that and the other. I don't give a fuck <laughs> about any of that uh, because the ride the ride throughout i think is just so entertaining i think visually it's easily the most stunning a bond film has ever looked you know shout out to roger deakins i think it's one of the best villains one of the best songs some of the best gadgets some of the best fight scenes it's just much of my favorite stuff in all of bond is in that movie casino royale is fantastic it's a great introduction to the character it kind of sags a little bit in the uh in the back half when it sort of detours on the love story before getting back into it at the end um, miles we're all getting older we all terrific. we all sag a little bit in the back half. it happens yeah i tried try spank so yeah skyfall <laughs> oh and uh, as far as the other one layer cake or no time to die i just saw no time to die a few days ago it's great it's um a great ending of the craig era there are some issues with it it doesn't have a good villain and um it's way too long the plot also doesn't make a whole lot of sense but it's also a bond movie yeah, no, I mean, yeah, but I, I don't care about the plot so much. I just think it's it, no. it didn't need to be as long as it is. Um, but it's really, really solid. I do really like Layer Cake, though, and I think mm-hmm. that was a great Bond audition for Craig, if anything. Um, I need to rewatch Layer Cake because it has been a long time. I think just because it's fresh in mind for me right now and because it is so entertaining, uh, I'll go with No Time to Die. Fair enough. Sags in the back half and doesn't need to be as long as it is. Gotcha. <laughs> That could be the I, title I, of my autobiography. Well, I'll see you in like a month, so I'll check. I'll I'll be sure to eye you up and down. By the way, I really, I, 
I really should record drunk miles for like part of the podcast that week. <laughs> I know you're in the middle of getting married, but uh, your thoughts on Eternals. <laughs> Which, by the way, I'm seeing in uh, very shortly. Oh, enjoy. Yes, I will. Hopefully, potentially. Uh, Mitch? Uh, yeah, I I think Casino Royale is probably a perfect movie, pretty much. Um, I, I love the pacing of it, I think, is marvelous. I think the reinvention of the character is, like, flawlessly done. Craig is perfect in it. Eva Green, I think, is phenomenal. My favorite Bond girl, Mads Mikkelsen, mm-hmm. I think somehow is like an underrated Bond villain. Um, I love that he kind of plays it close to the chest. Um, the torture scene is wonderfully homoerotic. Yes. Um, <laughs> Which is a Daniel Craig staple of this Bond. This yeah, Bond, right? This Bond is... Has, no Bond has been more into dudes. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just funny that like someone else remarked, every other Bond catches every break. This Bond catches no breaks and also kind of wants to catch a D once in a while, it seems, which I'm <laughs> totally fine with. Like, he's a beautiful man. Why not? Yeah, it's it's such a good movie. It's so rewatchable. Yes. I, I really, I can't get enough of that movie. I really like Skyfall, too. I agree with everything that Miles said about Skyfall. Like, the, the plot holes are there. You can kind of pick at them if you want to. But when you're watching it, you don't really think about it because it's just so mm-hmm. entertaining and so visually stunning. And Bardem is great, too. Um, but yeah, I just give Casino Royale the edge just cause, not because I have any problems with Skyfall, just because I like Casino Royale more. Does it have anything to do with you also see yourself in a villain who cries blood or is that just a rumor? Yes, that is a rumor. I can't, I can't confirm or deny it, but I am wiping away the blood right now. Yeah, no, you just, you just had a lot of strawberries today. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. What Steve? the hell is going on here? Okay, uh, I will say that Mitchell and Miles. I mean, that's an ever, that's a, that's an evergreen statement we could just pull from Steve. <laughs> I often wonder what the hell is going on. Um, but I, Mitchell and Miles, both captured uh, a lot of what I loved about both. Um, and but I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Casino Royale because. The franchise needed not just a reboot, but it needed to be revived. And Craig gave everybody hope. And uh, Casino Royale, when you're done watching that, you're like, okay, Bond's back. And Bond's officially back. Because of that, I give it to Casino Royale. Mm. Um, I will also go Casino Royale, but not by much. Again, I agree with what everyone's said. I just... um, I, I put my list of Bond movies up on the site last week, and uh, it is my favorite of the lot. Uh, Skyfall comes in at number three, so I agree that they're both the uh, top three. And what I'm actually going to do is I'm going to overrule Ryan's uh, initial Mount Rushmore. What I want to do is next week we're going to do two homeworks. We're going to finish our action one from last week, and I want to do this one for next week, which was Westerns. So keep that in mind. What I want to do quickly right now Mount Rushmore of Bond films. Ooh. Yeah. Pick four from that lot. And I I feel like it's very easy, but I'm curious what you guys want to want to do. So if you want, we can we can ping pong couple off each other, or we can each give our four and then whittle it down. I mean, how do you guys feel about this? Because I feel like if it's gonna be of Mount Rushmore, I feel like we should do no more than one from each actor. Yes. So it properly sort of shows the scope of the character. 
I mean, the irony is, if we're going by films, uh, George Lazenby is going to be on my uh, my Mount Rushmore of Bonds. But if you're thinking, too, if you're thinking, you yeah, film wise, I feel like it's not hard because you you kind of go you go Casino Royale or Skyfall, whatever whichever you know side you want to take there. You go Goldfinger or From Russia with Love for your for your Connery, and you pick either Goldeneye or Tomorrow Never Dies for your Brosnan. And then the real the real wonky part is whether you pick a Roger Moore or you pick a um, Dalton or a Lazenby. And I hope you don't pick a Dalton. I, I mean, yes and no. I, no. I I would both. No, go ahead, Mitch. Go ahead. I I just I really like Timothy Dalton. I like I like him as an I actor. do too. I just don't like him as Bond. But that's a personal like. Just he didn't look right to me. And that's just he didn't feel comfortable. He just seemed like he was. Well, he's he's kind of proto Daniel Craig, which is cool, but he That's doesn't have the I presence. Like him, yeah. yeah. Well, how do you how do you what are you what are you going with? Anyone want to jump to the front there? Uh, well, just to um, going back to what you were saying. I don't know, because I, th- I think we all have to put a Craig on there. And based on the face off that we just did, I think the majority would go with Casino Royale, which I don't have a problem with. Sure. Um, if we're going talking Connery, I think Goldfinger has to be on there because From Russia with Love is a great spy movie and a great one in general. But I think Goldfinger is the one that really cemented sort of the Bond formula. And in a lot of ways, it's still it's still one of the best. I mean, yeah, no, the other one in my top three. Yeah, Dr. No is not like what you think of as a Bond movie. It's very much a kind of just a spy movie from Russia. What love is all the things starting to come into play and Goldfinger is, Oh, this is the formula. This is great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so those two, I think, I mean, yeah, just they, speaking they make for myself, um, uh, I think honor Majesty's secret service is one of the best. That's my number four. And I think it's absolutely, is it my number four? I'd have to go back and look. It's my number it's six a, movie overall. It's. I think it's terrific, and I think it. it's prior to No Time to Die, perhaps the most emotional Bond film. And I think because it's such a fascinating sort of oddity and it kind of stands out from all the rest, I think that alone warrants a place on the list for it. Yeah. So it's really a question of do you go with a Brosnan film or do you go with a Roger Moore film? I love Dalton, don't get me wrong, but I don't know that either of his films are strong enough to compete with both Brosnan and Moore's back catalog. Oh, I think well, you have to go like more. a <clears throat> Probably, though I know we like a like a quirky fourth pick. So I'm just gonna throw out there Tomorrow Never Dies, he fights Ted Turner. And like I mean, Vincent Schiavelli is in it. Like there's a lot of things we like in that movie. That's but the I'm direction ha- I would go, but I want to hear what Mitch and Steve have to say. Yeah, I'm happy to do a more if necessary. I really don't like Roger Moore. Um, I don't like his Bond. Um, so I would have no problem kicking Moore out for my own, personally. Um, and going with Brosnan, I like I like Goldeneye a lot. Um, so I would go Goldeneye plus you know Casino Royale, Goldfinger, I totally agree with. And then, um, as I said, I like Timothy Dalton. I like both of his. The Living Daylights is probably my favorite of the two. So I would say that. Goldeneye, Casino Royale, and Goldfinger for me. Fair enough. Uh, if we were going to do a Roger Moore, it would probably have to be The Spy Who Loved Me, right? Yeah. I guess, although I'm kind of indifferent to that one personally. Yeah, I mean, 
Roger my Moore favorite Bond is, movies. of his is like The Man with the Golden Gun, which is nobody else's favorite. So. Yeah, that one that one tumbled for me a lot. I liked it initially as a kid because it's like, oh, the Golden Gun, and then playing Gold Golden Eye, where you're like, oh, the Golden Gun, and then you watch it again, and go, God, there's a lot of scenes of people waiting for him to set up his Golden Gun to shoot him. Like, wouldn't you by now realize, like, oh shit, he's gonna shoot me? I should probably <coughs> walk away slowly while he's setting up this intricate pistol. My feeling is, love it or hate it, Roger Moore was memorable. I did not find uh, Dalton or uh, Brosnan all that memorable. Like, I well, think... here's a compromise: the movie's good, but wildly racist. Live and let die. No, I'm I'm gonna put my foot down. Live and let die. <laughs> if it weren't for Never Say Never Again, Live and Let Die would be my least favorite Bond film. It, it is Wildly one... racist is an understatement. I it, it is the movie that, that has Let's go the, Moonraker. the Come on. largest. Moonraker. I'll no. go with, I'm happy with Moonraker. No, I'm putting and my Moonraker foot down and saying wild. no Moonraker. <laughs> I'm putting my foot down and saying no Moonraker. Um, yeah, um, Live and Let Die is the one that I think varies the most on people's lists. It can be the in the bottom three. It can be in the top ten. I think that one you see a lot of variance on. Um, listen, I think maybe Goldeneye might be the one. Just to make I'm, it I'm happy yeah. with Goldeneye. I'll take it. Whatever. Yeah. I'm not. I'm All not right. carving this thing or sculpting it. <laughs> oh, you, you didn't realize the person who doesn't get their way actually has to do oh, the work. Shit. Oh wait, hold on. Let me fight. Yeah. No, it's. I'll. I'll do the work. Yeah, we'll. we'll I have we'll an get open weekend. All right, good, cool. Um, well, while you, you get all the contracting stuff set up, we're going to do another uh, Oscar recalibration since Mitch hasn't been around. Wait, can we uh, discuss... Uh, are we going to discuss Scream trailer at all? Uh, you know what? Yeah, let's let's do that. There, there were two really scary let's... trailers that came out today. Uh, I believe both today. Scream and the new Home Alone. <laughs> I don't know if you saw them. Oh, well, for very different <laughs> yeah. reasons. I have um, nothing to say about either one, but go ahead. Oh, nothing to say? Well, yeah. Did you, uh, did actually, you see them? Yeah, Steve, talk about that for a second. I Steve. saw them both, and I have nothing to say about either one. Yeah. Here's what I'm going to do. Steve, talk about it for a minute, because what I'm going to do is, before we do our Oscar recalibration, because uh, we want to welcome back Mitch, and I know Mitch is a huge fan of this, Uh-oh. I'm going to do a little arm and wipe. Nope. <laughs> Just a little arm and white, but Steve, go ahead. Do your scream um, and Home Alone stuff. I'm a big fan of the Scream franchise, and I felt very little during this trailer, unfortunately. Um, it seems like a revisit, throw the, throw some characters in that you know, but I saw nothing that made it in any way, shape, or form uh, necessary. Maybe that'll have changed when you see the film, but, you know... I was I was really pumped for this, and I couldn't believe how little I cared for it. Uh, it seemed lazy. For the, for the same reason, I think uh, you're probably you don't like the Halloween new versions. I feel like this is going to hit you the same. Yeah, way. Yeah, at least you know this one. I, yeah, I just don't see. I just don't see that. I don't see a point. And like they yeah. they ended it. They re they went back with four, and I thought I enjoy four. I thought it was. I thought four was great. Pretty creative and was fine it was a good way to close it out but if you're going to come back and, and try to finish it i just have a feeling it's setting us up for some big twist that we're all going to go uh kind of like uh, you were saying with specter like we kind of knew something was coming and there it is and then you go all right great now can we say goodbye forever um and when it comes to home alone home alone is not a perfect movie 
but Home Alone is is for many a very nostalgic. Every every Thanksgiving between Thanksgiving and Christmas, watch movie. You know, it's one of those movies that I've seen more than I probably want to. But it Steve's works. a huge Daniel Stern. Fan. I, I am. Oh my God, Daniel Stern's fantastic <laughs> in that. Um, he really is, honestly. Um, but this just looks like another soulless. Hey, who's the hot actor of that? Oh, the kid from uh, Jojo Rabbit. Okay, throw him in there and let's call it Home Alone. Stop, people. Oh, Stop. Shit, he's yeah, the he's the star. It's. He's, I did. He's, he's the Home Alone. Yeah, I did That's like crazy. that. Somebody's somebody's quote was, "You know, we got to get a cameo in this." Oh, it's it's Buzz. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and, and not only do they get the cameo, but it's in the trailer. You couldn't wait. That's a bad. That's a bad sign. <laughs> I don't know. I think a lot of tickets are being sold because of Buzz. I, isn't it a Disney yeah. Plus movie? I don't think any tickets are being. <laughs> people sold. are people no. are, are now yeah. dropping Disney what's Plus, the, so the kids what's don't this have to ticket watch I it. bought for. Yeah, people are unsubscribing. <laughs> Somebody sold me this ticket, but I can just get it for free. What the fuck? No, it's a premium subscription. It's an extra thirty dollars to watch Buzz show up in the new Home Alone. It's movie. twenty dollars, so it doesn't oh. show up in your stream on Disney Plus. Yeah, for ten dollars, they never mention it to you again. <laughs> My hell, they made a hundred million opening weekend. How'd they do that? No one wanted to watch it. <laughs> uh, speaking of things, no one wants to watch. Arm and White talk about movies. Woo! We'll do a couple rounds just for funsies, and then we'll do uh, the recalibration. Then we'll call it a day. Did Arm and White like the remake of Candyman? Candyman remake, sequel, like a sequel, whatever we want to call it. No, definitely not. He did not. They've taken the fun out of Candyman, he says. <laughs> the fun- that fun, fun movie. Okay. That fun movie about the horrors of, of uh, crimes against African-American men. Listen, Candyman Farewell to the Flesh is fun. Candyman mm-hmm. 1, not so much. Well, I'm also interested in how this game is going to go, because I've long, su- long suspected that Ryan cheats. So we will see uh, what happens this week. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, he gets everyone right all the time. Because Arvin White's right next to him. Yeah. He is Armin uh, White. Like, hey, yeah, Armin, yeah, what yeah. did you say? Yeah. <laughs> did Armin White like Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings? I can't imagine that he did. Yeah, I wouldn't think so, right? Uh, mm. Do I use a strategy and fail again? No, I do not use a strategy. I will continue to say uh, what they say. So, uh, no, he did not like it. <laughs> Shang-Chi pilfers from already familiar and much more original and artistic Chinese martial arts genre movies, reducing them to the level of Marvel junk. Yeah, I remember that. That, His review, that was like going viral on Twitter. Yeah. It's so Armin. All right. Yeah. Did Armin White like the documentary Fauci? Uh, I can't remember. Was that documentary pro or anti-Fauci? I'm not telling you. Was it pro? Then no. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a big no. Uh no. Well, it's a it's a vintage this has nothing to do with the movie uh pull quote. As so many media outlets have done, NG dispenses with the old journalism rue of balance. It refuses to be thoroughly informative. I, I What? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Did Armin White like the new version of Cinderella? Did anybody? <laughs> uh, I certainly didn't. Uh, oh, by the way, as we as we backtrack, eighty four percent positive for Candyman, ninety two percent positive for Shang Chi, which I've been mispronouncing, ninety one percent positive for Fauci, uh, forty two for Cinderella. 
Ooh. This is the Kenneth Branagh Cinderella? No. Nope. This is the... Uh, oh, the one that Mia came out. Cabello. Oh, the one that yeah. came out this year? Oh, I don't know. Maybe he did like this one because so much of the world hates it. I'm I'm going to assume no because it's allegedly woke, but in the, you know, woke way of pandering that some of these people are doing these days. All right. So you're a no. Shit. Miles, what were you? Was a, that was a yes. I'm, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to go out on a limb here. All right. Steve? I'm going to follow that limb and probably fall with it. So let's go with yes. Um. Interestingly, I don't know that he knows whether he likes this movie or not. Amazon's new Cinderella is radical. Period. <laughs> Bad as it is, comma, oh. it dares to eliminate even the fantasy basis of traditional ethics, goodness, and scruples. Period. Is that a positive or a negative review? Sounds like a positive. It's radical. Sounds like it's he said bad, it's, bad as it is. It's, it's listed as a rotten. There we go. Uh, what, what what year did you write it? Oof. If it was like the eighties, radicals like perfect. He posted it exactly a month ago. Okay, I guess it's a no. He did not. Well, how how long ago was that in dog years? Cause... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of uh, animals, did Armin White like cry macho? Uh oh yeah, that seems right up his alley. I guess yes. I know, yes. <laughs> Cry Macho improves on the too obvious intergenerational drama of Gran Torino. First of all, did you expect he was going to get a dig in at Gran Torino, what I assumed was his favorite movie of all time? I think we have a tie. This title, the board. This title is deeper. Spoiler alert, he's lying. There's desperation behind it, sensing each character's natural reflective cry for help. I think the desperation behind it is a dying old man making a film, but that's another story. <laughs> all right let's trip you guys up by the way that was a 59 percent. i think my, my i should have wrote a negative review and kept it from getting fresh um did armin white like dear evan hansen oh, oh interesting 30 percent on tomatoes that is interesting i feel like he wouldn't like it on principle but he, it might just be hated enough to trigger his contrarianism it's hard it's always hard to know which one will win out I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna I'm gonna go the other way and guess yes for the same reasons that Miles said. I'm probably wrong, but I thought he didn't like musicals at all that much, so I'm gonna go with a no. That is true. Dear Evan Hansen glories in millennial fragmentation. Pasek and Paul celebrate how divided we are. Our individuality and insularity are sentimentalized. He didn't like it. We have a tie. No, no, oh, no, 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 no. We're up. Miles and Oh wait, Miles you guys are up? are up? Yeah. Oh no, right. no, 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 no. It's it's tied because I got the um the Cinderella one right, and you guys got it right. No, then we got the next one though. We got the uh, the the uh, chicken movie. I think everybody got Cry Macho. Yeah, right. so oh, I. you did? Oh, I thought you got that wrong. Yeah. Oh, no. well, damn, I'm we have stupid two left. counting. We have two left. <laughs> did Armin White like the Many Saints of Newark? Probably a movie with only white people in it. No. No, no it's not. got uh, what's uh, Leslie Odom yeah. Jr. Oh, I didn't even know. I haven't seen it. I don't. I didn't watch the. Sopranos. I haven't seen it either. I didn't watch the Sopranos either. Oh, well, maybe he didn't like it then. I don't know. No. Well, Actually, I, I know I, the answer. Yeah, I have no basis to get to, to, or I have no uh, foundation to base this on. I'm. I'm going to tell you, it's a wild pull quote. 
Ooh. Ooh. That's exciting. Uh, I'm guessing no. I will also guess no. I'm going to say no. I saw it. I'm saying no. For some of us, The Sopranos epitomizes everything that went wrong with American popular culture this millennium. Just for some of us. Wow. Those of us who realize that mainstream media operate by different rules will be mildly appalled by the many saints of Newark. Yeah, that's, that's what he wrote. I, I don't even know what he did or didn't like about it. Yeah. Like, he didn't like it, but I uh, nothing of that told It told me he didn't like The Sopranos. Well, we're all tied in going to the final one. And I bet you can't guess which one I picked. I bet you're well, right. Yeah. <laughs> did Armin White like No Time to Die? Well, you didn't say anything, so <laughs> you get no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Steve's just going to pick whatever everyone else picks so he doesn't make sure you Make sure you two split so he has to make a choice. Yeah. Um, do we know what he thought about the Craig era in general? I mean, I can try to find out. I'm not telling him I'm going to look it up. I, I would be curious because I don't know. Um... I <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I have no I have no basis. Um uh... What's the tomato meter? 84. 84? Newark was 73, by the way. I'm going to say no. I have not seen the movie yet. I'm hopefully seeing it in a couple of days, but I know most people uh, have quite liked it, so I will also say that Armin White did not like it. And for that reason alone, I'm going to say yes. No, Steve. <laughs> Here we go, Steve. Sweet, Sweet summer, summer child. child. <laughs> no Time to Die proves that the decades-old James Bond franchise has reached a dead end. The trend toward sadism <laughs> that began with Daniel Craig's angry, sinister interpretation of 007 has reached oh an unconscionable level of heartlessness. You know, the movie that's the most emotional Bond movie ever. <laughs> that well, well, you, you don't even need to look it up. We know what he thought about the Craig era now. Yeah, yeah there you go. So, uh, a tie that somehow Steve managed not to be involved in. Oh, Steve. <laughs> All right. You know what, though? You go big or you go home. Yeah, exactly. But I, I, I pulled a loss out of the, you know, there's some kind of saying about. Oh, uh, it's a snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. Yeah, there you go. And that's me. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to do a ask or recalibration to wrap up. Steve, would you like to tell people why you chose the year that you chose? It seemed like a fun year. The Roman Polanski stuff alone is going to lead to some good discussions. But there's a lot of categories here that I think are well worth a, uh, a re-evaluation. So pretty much across the board. So just to be clear, you're a huge supporter of Roman Polanski, right? That's that's what you're getting at? Yes, I am not. All right. Just wanted to make sure. Listen, arguably Quentin Tarantino is, so, you know, it's an opinion people have. All right, so yes. 
we are we are doing the year of Chicago, Gangs of New York, The Pianist, uh, the the Boar of the Rings. So my big fat Greek wedding. There you go, Speederman. Quite a quite a few movies. So let's get down to it, since we're tired and hungry. Best visual effects: The Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. If we're recalling, your options are Spider Man or Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. Uh, that's the first Spider Man. Yes. Yes. I'd say leave it. I will also say leave it. I think the those early Lord of the Rings visual effects hold up surprisingly well. Yeah. The the the, the battle in the middle of, of that or the end of that film is fantastic. So I would uh, say leave it. I would say recall, but it doesn't matter. Lord of the Rings keeps its award. By the way, honorary Academy Award Peter O'Toole. Keeper recall. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> recall, I give it to Kevin Smith. Um Best film editing. Chicago wins, if you want to uh, recall. Your options are Gangs of New York. It's a Thelma, by the way. Uh, the Hours, Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, and The Pianist. Uh, recall. I'm actually, I'm going to keep it. I'm going to keep it as well. Uh, I'm going to recall just to see what happens, though I, I don't have a strong, you know, oppo- opposition to Chicago. Uh, I, I don't either, as we'll get into it. I, I have a lot of love for Chicago. Um, but I think because of what um, Steve was saying before about how good the Battle of Helm's Deep is in Two Towers, I think that deserves the Oscar for editing. Oh, God, what did I walk into now? <laughs> yeah, if I was going to give it to something else, I would go Two Towers. But I actually, Chicago is my favorite of these five. The editing of Chicago is my favorite of these five. I think it's incredibly paced. All right. Yeah, I'm staying with Chicago. I think it, it works very well. Uh, Although cool. I agree with Miles's take. Uh, well, Chicago wins because I'm going to go Gangs of New York because I do like that movie. So Chicago keeps the award. I, I don't have a problem with any of those three getting it. I think that's just a good yeah, yeah. for editing. I, I think the hours and the pianist are weak links there. And and could have easily been several other things, but that's another story. Um, I do love that the hours is edited by Peter Boyle, not the Peter Boyle we know, but like I want to believe it was Peter Boyle. Just he, has, he has a side hustle. Yeah. Um, costume design, Chicago, Colleen Atwood, because of course it is. If we recall, your options are Frida, Gangs New York, Sandy Powell, The Hours, Ann Roth, and The Pianist. Recall. I'll recall it. Recall. Yeah, sure. Let's recall. Uh, out of this group, I go Gangs of New York. I think the costumes throughout that film are really memorable and really stand out. I'm really excited. Uh, we got our first look uh, this week at Timothy Chalamet playing, I can only assume, a younger <laughs> version of uh, Bill the Butcher in some sort of prequel. So looking forward to that. But yeah, Gangs of New York. A very good reference. Um, I, I do like the costumes in Chicago a lot, but I also would go with Gangs of New York. I think that the costuming in that is some of the most memorable of like the century so far. Just really well done. I'll keep uh, Chicago, but I agree with Gangs as well. Uh, I'm going to go Gangs. I, I love what they look like. I love how dirty they are. Like just the little touches. It's fantastic. Um, A bunch of dirty boys. Yep. Dirty, dirty, sweaty boys. <laughs> God, were they sweaty looking in that movie. That that time period must have just smelled something awful. Like, that scene in bed where it's like Bill and, and DiCaprio, is he William or something like that? Like, having that conversation, that like heart-to-heart with like the prostitutes next to them. 
Like they just look like they smell so bad. It's it's gross. It's phenomenally gross. Um, speaking of gross, your options for best makeup: Frida, or if you recall, the Time Machine. Was it yes. just those two? It was only two yeah. nominees. Oh, well, keep it, I guess. <laughs> Sorry, but Lord of the Rings wasn't worthy of the nomination. That that's fucking weird, right? That no gangs in New York, no uh, Lord of the Rings, no. Um, I mean, that's so bizarre. I mean, there's a yeah, couple. Yeah, I mean, other between things. those two, I guess keep it with Frida. But like, why? I just, I love that they didn't care. Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess, I guess Frida, right? Let's move on. Yeah, exactly. Uh, art direction, which is production design. Chicago wins. If you want to recall, your options are Frida, Gangs of New York, Lord of the Rings, Two Towers, and Road to Perdition. Oh. Uh, Recall. I will also say Recall. 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 Uh, Yeah, similar to the costume work, I think the art direction in Gangs of New York is spectacular. Uh, There's some great stuff in Lord of the Rings and some of these other choices, and in Chicago, but um, I give it to Gangs for sure. I think all five of these are great, um, but I agree with Miles. I think Gangs in New York is probably among, like, the five best uh, pieces of art direction of, like, the century so far. So that would get my win. I'm going to agree with both of you. Uh, It's a great category, but Gangs of New York is the standout here. So I will go with Gangs of New York. It's a sweep for Gangs of New York. Something never said during the Oscars. (laughs) Decidedly the opposite. Well, you know what? We're we're fixing history right now. I know, slowly but surely. Somewhere in a jail cell, Harvey's like, wait, the other movie's winning? Because, unfortunately, Miles, he's a he's a big fan of yours. Well, I told you. He, re- you he know, really loves sugar and spicy. Yeah, I was just about to say, <laughs> that. I, I have all the ways that is going to come back to me. Yeah, it's been keeping him hanging on in jail. Uh, cinematography. Conrad Hall won posthumously, so if you're recalling, you're taking away from a dead man, and you can give it what, to... What, what did he win for? Road to Perdition. Oh. Well, your options are Dion Beebe for Chicago, Ed Lockman, Far From Heaven. By the way, um, I believe we have an interview with Ed Lockman from Robert coming soon to the site. He was delighted that I offered him that. Um, Michael Ballhouse, Gangs of New York, and the pianist Powell Edelman. Uh, I would leave it with Road to Perdition. I think the cinematography is one of the best things about the film. Yes. Agreed. I'm going to agree. I think the look of that film is just incredible. Some of the best cinematography in the recent years. So, Yeah, I could have gone with Gangs of New York as well. But yeah, we can leave, we can leave it. That's cool. All right. Best sound, which is just best sound mixing, because we still have them split. Chicago wins. If you're recalling, your options are Gangs of New York, Two Towers, Road to Perdition, and Spider-Man. By the way, Spider-Man would give Greg P. Russell his long-awaited Oscar. Uh, I would leave it with Chicago. I would be fine with that. Steve? Steve? Well, I'm going to say recall. Uh, I'm going to say keep it. All right. Because the interesting thing is the next category, sound editing... Two Towers wins. Your other two options are Road to Perdition or a movie I skipped over because you have to remember how many places it was snubbed. Minority Report. 
Not in makeup, not in edit, not in editing. God damn! Not, not in production effects. design. Yep. That's fucked up. Okay, well I'm gonna recall because Minority Report needs to get something. I'll recall it for Minority Report. I'll uh, keep it. I'll recall it for Minority Report. I think we don't even have to do the next the next thing. We know what happened. <laughs> there we go. Um, That's crazy. Is that its only nomination? Uh, it's got to be right? check, but I believe it is. That's so yeah, fucking weird. Yep, it got a Baf- It got a visual effects BAFTA. Just didn't translate. All right, original score. Frida wins. L.A. Goldenfall. If you recall, you've got Catch Me If You Can, John Williams, Far From Heaven, Elmer Bernstein, The Hours, Philip Glass, and Road to Perdition, Thomas Newman. Some heavy hitters. Uh, definitely some heavy hitters. Uh, recall. 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 Uh, I feel like I've done this a few times uh, uh, on these recalibrations, but uh, I want to give it to Thomas Newman. I love his work on Road to Perdition. I also like it, but I am going to go with John Williams for Catch Me If You Can. I love that score so much. So, so, so much. Oh, shit. You guys made it tough for me. And those are the two I was between. Um... Why don't you just pick a third one and then I'll decide? <laughs> no. I don't like it. The other, <laughs> those are the two I, I really like. Um, no, I'm going to go with uh, John Williams. All right, this is when we need to make our decision. If I go with Thomas Newman, does that mean Frida wins, or does that mean there's a tie between the two we picked? Tie. I think Frida wins. Miles, what do you what do you think? We had the opportunity to change history, and we couldn't decide, so Frida wins. That's my feeling. I I don't disagree with that. All right. Well, in that case, John Williams wins. Miles, if you had said the opposite, Thomas Newman would have an Oscar. I'm not emotionally. Well, I already gave him an Oscar for something else a few weeks ago. Yeah, for Skyfall. This will lead to less ties. I think it's a much better game this way. It makes more sense. That's fine. The, the only other option would be if we run down our second choices, but I remember us getting confused whenever we did that. Yeah, it was hard. Uh, original song. Yes, not our not our thing. Uh, Lose Yourself from 8 Mile wins. Yes, Eminem has more Oscars than Thomas Newman. Uh, if you recall, your options are I Move On from Chicago, Burn It Blue from Frida, uh, which would also give Julie Tamer an Oscar, The Hands That Built America from Gangs New York, if you want uh, Bono to be an Oscar winner, Father and Daughter from the Wild Thornberry's movie, Paul Simon. Um, I do like Lose Yourself a lot, but I think I'm going to recall. I'm going to keep it. Let me give you two words. Mom's spaghetti. Keep it. Uh, recall. Oh. Um, I, I genuinely love Lose Yourself, and I love it being an Oscar-winning song, but I really like uh, Hands of Built America. I stay with Lose Yourself. Thanks, Mitchell. Mom's spaghetti. <laughs> uh, Hands of Built America, so I guess uh, fucking 8 Mile still wins, or it's a tie, but however you want to. Nope, no more ties. However you want to feel about that. Yeah. Uh, skip the shorts. Eminem, the award that melts in your mouth, not in the hands of America. Congratulations, Eminem. Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know what? I'm changing the rules. Eminem does not win now. <laughs> what? <laughs> Documentary feature. Bowling for Columbine wins. If you want to recall, the options are Daughter from Da Nang, 
Prisoner of Paradise, Spellbound, and Winged Migration. Uh, I leave it with Bowling for Columbine. I would like to recall it. Keep it. Yeah, I keep it. What would you have we'll picked? We'll never know. Well, I'm asking now. We'll never know. Uh. There's just no. There's no way for us to know. <laughs> that is sassy, and I like it. Yeah. Uh, foreign language feature: Nowhere in Africa from Germany wins. If you want a recall, because you probably didn't see it, your options are The Crime of Father Amaro from Mexico, Hero from China, The Man Without a Past from Finland, and Zus and Zo from the Netherlands. Recall. I've never I seen Miles seen, jump so quickly that I have seen Nowhere in Africa, but I'll also recall. Recall. Uh recall. I guess we all say hero at once, right? It's yeah, hero be. is fucking phenomenal. Yeah, hero, I, hero I do really like good. the man without a past too, but yeah, it's hero is very obviously the pick. Yeah. Animated feature, spirited away wins. The funny part is I don't really like Miyazaki and I still am not going to recall because here are your options. Ice Age. Lilo and Stitch. Spirit. Stallion of the Cimarron, which watch, we're going to find out is Mitch's favorite movie. And Treasure <laughs> Planet. Um, well, I well I agree. That's some pretty limp competition, but that said Spirited Away is fantastic, so leave it. I will vote to recall it. Whoa! <laughs> All right, I'll recall it just to hear what Mitchell has to say. Yeah, yeah, no, let's do this. Let's recall. But I bet it's not Spirit. I think I know what it is. But it's ahead. Lilo and Stitch. It's got to be. No, uh, Miles, I think I guess you're keeping Spirited Away. I keep Spirited Away. I want to see what Mitch says. My vote is for Lilo and Stitch. Great movie. Wow. It's got a great heart. I love it very much. Oh my God, Steve! If you pick that, we got a thing here. Hmm. I'm gonna go with. The spirited away. That was so oh. close. We were so close. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go with Lilo just so we had a tie. Yes. Just so you know that Miyazaki keeps it on a technicality. Yeah, I think Lilo. And Lilo Stitch and Stitch is, is great. Oscar. Don't get me wrong. I don't know why. I thought for some reason you were gonna go with Treasure Planet. I do like Treasure Planet. I knew you. You had. To. I feel like you think this is the best lineup they've had ever. It's. I mean, I like three of the movies. So. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> adapted screenplay. The Pianist wins. Ronald Harwood. So, uh, as mentioned earlier, when we recall, because Miles is determined to make that happen, your options are About a Boy, Peter Hedges, Chris Weitz, and Paul Weitz. Adaptation. Charlie Kaufman and Donald Kaufman. Chicago. Bill Condon. And The Hours. David Hare. Uh, yeah, definitely Recall. 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 Yeah, yeah, recall. Um, this is a pretty stacked category, so the fact that they went Short with the pianist the is kind of mind blowing. Yeah. Um, it it's really hard for me not to give it to Charlie Kaufman, and I do love adaptation, but there's only one choice for me here, and it's about a boy. I absolutely love everything about that movie. About a Boy is a really um, good pick and a good nomination. I really like the nomination, but I'm yeah, I'm going to go with Adaptation for it. I just think it's so inventive and so cool. I was expecting Miles to go with some Charlie Kaufman support, but uh, he did the right thing. Went with About a Boy, and I will follow suit. My vote goes to About a Boy. 
I mean, I'm torn between those two, but now if I give it to Adaptation, the pianist keeps his Oscar. Whatever you do, you can't let the pianist keep its Oscar. <laughs> so the irony is, by choosing your favorite filmmaker, Miles, I would help the pianist. Uh, okay, about a boy. Thank you. Thank you. I, I mean, a- Adaptation was a very close second. I was really hoping that it was in a situation where, like, oh, God, the pianist has to win to see what would happen. Uh, original screenplay. Talk to her. Pedro Almodovar. If we recall, which is a... Um, actually, I think we are. I would have said I think he's safe, but I think we're going to recall. Because your options are Far From Heaven, Todd Haynes. Gangs of New York, Jay Cox, Stephen Zellian, and Kenneth Lonergan. My Big Fat Greek Wedding, Nier Vardellos. And E2 Mama Tambien. Carlos Coran and Alfonso Coran. Uh, recall. Um, I'll vote for Recall. Keep it. Recall. Not a huge Amadovar fan, gotta say. I um, am, but talk to her. I'm weirdly a little bit soft on. I might. So my my Amadovars are when he's weirder, like a like a skin I live in, or an I'm so excited, where it's like this is the least like what you normally do. Because I feel like. A lot of them also just become like, this is a soap opera just done better than a soap opera. That is kind of his brand, yeah. I, yeah. I like it, but yeah, if you're not into it, then, you know. Yeah, so when he takes a right turn, I'm like, ooh. Yeah. Miles? Right on. Uh, I'll confess that I actually haven't seen a lot of these, um, so possibly by default, but um, I'm still happy with going with it. Uh, Gangs of New York. Wait, have you not seen E.T. Mama? I haven't. Ooh, that's one you should watch. What else haven't you seen? I haven't seen Talk to Her, and um, I haven't seen Far From Heaven. But you've seen My Big Fat Greek Wedding? Yes. Interesting. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't care for it. I also very much do not care for it. Um, I am going to go with Far From Heaven. That's it. I'm just going to go with it. (laughs) I'll stick with Talk to Her. I'm going to go Gangs of New York. Gangs of New York wins. Because I would have gone to Mama, but that would have just given it back to talk to her. Yeah. You should definitely... W- I was really on the fence. It was between all three of those. I'd have been fine with Ichu Mama or Gangs. I would have gone to Mama or Gangs New York. Then I would have probably had to go for uh, My Big Factory Wedding, which I didn't want to do. The first one's fine. The second one is unwatchable. Oh, yeah. They made that other one. Yeah, a bigger, fatter, creaker wedding. <laughs> <laughs> Which, if they had titled it that, I would have I would have given it like an extra half star. Too fat, too Greek. Yeah. Too Greek, too furious. Uh, supporting actress, Catherine Zeta-Jones, Chicago. If we recall, Kathy Bates, about Schmidt. Queen Latifah, Chicago. Julianne Moore, The Hours, Meryl Streep, Adaptation. Uh, recall. I'm going to keep it. I'm going to keep it, too. I'm going to recall, but I could easily go back to her. Uh, I like this win for Zeta Jones, absolutely. She's great in the movie. Um, my personal pick is Meryl Streep for adaptation. I do really like Meryl Streep. I also really like Julianne Moore in The Hours. Um, but I, honestly, Catherine Zeta-Jones is my favorite of these five, so I'm going to stick with her still. Cool. Yeah, I'll keep my vote with Zeta Jones. This worked out great for me. I get to pick Kathy Bates, and Catherine Zeta-Jones still wins, so everyone's happy. I do I do think she's a riot in About Schmidt. She is really good, yeah. Yeah. Supporting actor, Chris Cooper, adaptation. If we recall, uh, we really can't go wrong. 
Yeah, we got a good one here. Ed Harris, The Hours, who's probably the number five, which is the weird part. Paul Newman, Road to Perdition. John C. Riley, Chicago. And Christopher Walken, Catch Me If You Can. Yeah, this is a really good lineup. Um, I don't know, actually. You know, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull a swerve here. I'm gonna recall. Mm. I will also recall. Recall. I'll say recall. Sure. Um, I love Chris Cooper in adaptation. I think it's a wonderful win. Uh, my vote is actually John C. Riley. I think he's kind of the unsung uh standout of uh chicago it's a really emotional performance and it gets me every time you 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 might say he's like cellophane in some way right you might say that i wouldn't say that i do his his performance of mr cellophane is so good um but i and i do i love chris cooper too i love that chris cooper has an oscar um Mm -hmm. but i i really love paul newman and rhodes perdition so i would go with him but I, i mean as everybody said this is a great category this is a, this is a stacked lineup, no doubt about it. I will root for the same actor I rooted for on the night of the Oscars, John C. Riley, in Chicago. He deserved it. Well, well, I was going to say Christopher Walken, but I that was would surprised just, that nobody did. Well, I want to, but that would just give it back to Chris Cooper, which I'm also cool with. But I kind of like that we're going to give it to John C. Riley. Yes. Very cool. Which makes it even funnier that we've basically just destroyed Chicago throughout this lineup. No, no. Yeah. Uh, Best Actress. Not as great a lineup to me, but we'll see. Uh, Nicole Kidman wins for the hours. If you recall, you've got Salma Hayek, Frida. Diane Lane, Unfaithful. Spoiler alert, my pick. Julianne Moore, Far From Heaven. And Renee Zellweger, Chicago. Recall. I will also recall. 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 Uh, I'll go Sama Hayek for Friedek. I think she's terrific. I will agree with Joey and say Diane Lane and Unfaithful. I absolutely fucking love this performance. Yeah. So messy and good. If this was best makeup, I'd go with Nicole Kidman. But it's not. It is actress. So I will go with Diane Lane. Yay, Diane Lane wins. Wow. All right. All right. Now we can now we can uh, get to work. Best actor. Adrian Brody wins for the pianist, and, and he's thoroughly fine. That I, I think even that's generous. I, it's a good performance. It's maybe one of his best. Still not saying, like, a ton. But uh, when we recall, your options are... I'm just going to throw out the first one who's not winning, Michael Caine, The Quiet American. So here are your three legitimate options. Nicolas Cage, Adaptation. Daniel Day-Lewis, Gangs of New York. Jack Nicholson, About Schmidt. Uh, recall. Here recall. I will also recall. Yeah. Um, very, very honorable mention to Nicolas Cage, who gives two fantastic performances in adaptation. Uh, but for me, there's only one choice here, and that's Daniel Day-Lewis uh, for Gangs of New York. It's a towering performance and uh, a great warm-up for what he would go on to do with There Will Be Blood. You made this very tough, Miles. Very tough. Oh my god, I, we we get we get into a scenario where Brody winds up winning. Well, I I will I will change a, my uh, vote if it comes to that. <laughs> thankfully, we're not going to be in trouble with this cuz I'm going to pull a patented uh Mitch move. My pick and my genuine favorite of these 5 is Michael Caine in The oh. Quiet American. 
Oh. I love that performance. What the hell's going on it's here? so good. <laughs> Only beaten by Brendan Fraser in the same movie. He's, um, he's also good in it. Yeah. All right, Steve. I'm going to give Joe the option. Agree with us or hello, Mr. Adrian Brody. My choice will be Nicolas Cage for adaptation. So now, Joey, if you vote for Jack Nicholson, which is legitimately my favorite one, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna, I am gonna give Nicolas Cage a second Oscar. Okay, that that was yeah, that was my close second. I mean, Daniel Day Lewis is probably my second, but God knows he has enough. I, yeah, Daniel Day Lewis is that. my second, but I, yeah. I do think all honestly, I kind of think all twenty of the acting nominees are good to various degrees. It's it's a good year as far as acting lineup. I mean, who the worst to me is maybe Adrian Brody, and he's still thoroughly fine. Yeah, I I totally agree. Yeah. There weren't a ton of, like, ones that I want to go, like, shout from the rooftops about, but known that you can be like, oh, that was awful. Yeah, I completely agree. There are definitely other performances that I would put in there over these, you know, some yeah. of these, but... It would have been way worse had DiCaprio got into the actor lineup. Right. Or Cameron Diaz. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd almost prefer Cameron Diaz over DiCaprio on that. Like, I like him in most things, even though I'm not, like, a DiCaprio, like, lover, let's say. I don't know. Like, I'm agnostic to him. But that was still, like, you're playing dress-up, sir. Yeah. yeah. Does anyone else feel like uh, Tom Hanks should have gotten in? Yeah, 100%. For which? Supporting, supporting for, uh, actor. Ro- for uh, Road to Perdition. I oh, I would have I gotten Cash Me If You Can. I mean, See, I, so like, I like him me, in both. I, I mean, both maybe, yeah. It would have been cool if he got in for both. I think Road to Perdition I, stands out to me because it's so the opposite of what he normally does. It's so reserved and so quiet. Yeah. Conversely, yeah, I, I would have loved... DiCaprio getting in for Catch Me If You Can. I also would have loved that very much. That's one of my favorite performances of his. Also would have taken Tom Cruise from Minority Report. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Or Samantha I think that's Morgan. one of his Samantha best. Morgan. Samantha Morgan's yeah. boring actress, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. All right, director. <laughs> Roman Polanski, the pianist. So when we recall, your options are Rob Marshall, Chicago, Martin Scorsese, Gangs of New York, Stephen Daldry, The Hours, and Pedro Almodovar, Talk to Her. So... Uh, so what are we doing, Rob Marshall or Scorsese? Um, because recall. I, I I have to assume recall's happening. Yeah. Uh it's it's not a bad lineup outside of the winner. I'm gonna go Scorsese. I'm I'm not crazy about this lineup. Um, but I think I Daldry. You're going Daldry. Go, no, I'm going I'm going to go with Rob Marshall. Friends, Romans, countrymen. I'm going to have to give this one to the man who already won the award. Oh, wait, I will not. I'm giving it to you, Mr. Scorsese. <laughs> I'll go Scorsese, too. I was hoping you went Marshall, so I went Scorsese, and then we had to figure out what happened once Polanski won. <laughs> All right. And now, Chicago. If we recall, the options are Gangs of New York, The Hours, Two Towers, Pianist. This is not how we're doing it. We don't give our best picture at Awards Radar to producers. But the irony is um, Gangs New York is produced by Harvey Weinstein. The Hours is produced by Scott Rudin. The Pianist is produced by Rowan Polensky. Well. <laughs> We're not doing that, though, so don't let that influence your vote. I'm not going to lie. It kind of does influence my vote a little. <laughs> no. Uh, well, no, I, I, I've i given 
a lot of love to Gangs of New York uh, this episode, and I think it's a fantastic film and one of Scorsese's more underrated. I'm actually going to leave it with Chicago. It's one of my favorite movie musicals. All right. Yeah, it's between Chicago and Two Towers for me, um, but I will probably go with Chicago. I'm going to say keep it. I have no problem with Chicago winning. So Chicago. Oh, so it doesn't matter. I'll say recall because I would have gone Gangs of New York, but Chicago pulls out at the end. Um, I mainly was concerned that Lord of the Rings was going to win, and I I won't allow that on a side I run. So I'm glad it didn't come to that. Well, we got to do the Return of the King year next year, and you you're going to be surprised. You're going to be surprised when everyone votes for Lost in Translation because I threaten their jobs. That's how this works, right? I'm not sure that's how this works. Yeah, I get my way, right? That's how it works. We will all vote for Seabiscuit. I would take it over to over Return of the King. I just realized I don't have a lot to say about that year because Last Samurai barely got any nominations. Hmm. I mean, listen, it is what it is. Uh, all right, this was fun. We'll do it again. Uh, let's wrap up and uh, say where you can be followed. And also, uh, recommend a horror movie. Uh, you can follow me on both Twitter and Letterboxd at Miles on Film. That's M-Y-L-E-S on Film. Please check out my short films, American Exorcist and Once Upon a Dracula. They're both on YouTube under Aftershock Pictures and Chase Capo, respectively. Uh, two good short films for the Halloween season, absolutely. But if we're going with uh, proper films, let's see, because I've been doing the 31 Days of Halloween. I'm going to recommend... Pornography. Nope. No, no, no. I'm going to recommend From Dusk Till Dawn. It's a well-written, dialogue-driven heist movie until it isn't. And when it makes that twist halfway through, it is bonkers and it becomes a completely different movie. And I love both. Fair enough. Um, you can find me on Twitter at it is Mitchell or on Letterboxd at Mitchell. The movie I will recommend for horror purposes is a movie that I watched last night for the first time called The People Under the Stairs, directed by Wes Craven from mm. the early 90s. It is campy and genuinely creepy in equal measure. I think it works really well. The performances are great. The social commentary, I think, uh, really works well back then. Works just as well today. And I watched it on uh, today's sponsor, Peacock. Yeah. Uh, Wild movie to watch if you don't know anything about it and you just think it's like, ooh, the guy who made, like, Scream and, like, a horror master. People under the stairs. That must be some fucked up. It's almost the comedy? Oh. Yeah. It's a pretty crazy it's something. movie. I really love it. Yeah. It's quite good, though. Steve, you're going to recommend uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween, right? I am. No, I'm going to I'm going to recommend the 2018 Halloween. Uh, no, I'm not. Mm. I'm going to recommend that you go visit my tweets, uh, even though they've been pretty slim lately, on Twitter at Filmstork. You can also look for me on Letterboxd. Um, and listen to my other podcast, The Verse. On all your favorite podcast uh, locations. And if you want to watch a horror movie, and you want to have a great time, and you want to be creeped out, I like Drag Me to Hell. Mm. I oh, think some of Sam Raimi's best work. Yeah. yeah. 
Mitch, have you been listening in the weeks that you've been uh, not here? I did. I haven't listened to last week's yet, but the other ones I have, yeah. All right, so uh, we want to check in with Steve. How is the production of Dr. Pussy coming along? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say so far it stinks. Oh. 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 What? Oh. <laughs> what do you... When I say, oh, you know it's bad. Well, one day we can look forward it to it being featured on Letterboxd's pornography section. Thanks, Mitch. Exactly. Yeah. What are you talking about pornography? It's a spy thriller. Yeah, Mitch, uh, your homework for this week also is to make sure no one hasn't made Mr. Dr. Pussy for it. <laughs> it will be oh. removed from the site. Yeah. Uh, follow me at Joey Magazine, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd. Uh, I don't use Snapchat anymore, but I'm still there. Um, same for awards radar in most cases. Uh, I'm going to uh, pimp a thing I wrote like two weeks ago and say Red State. It's a uh, underrated Kevin Smith film. I know Miles doesn't like it, but Miles has terrible taste. Yeah, well, I'm gonna remember that next time you want one of your movies reviewed. You remember that? I don't know if you were following me on Twitter at the time, but do you remember that time I watched Red State and I tweeted my thoughts about it in real time? If anyone wants to, like, really comb back, like, a decade in my Twitter history, you can find, like, a tweet for every five minutes of Red State. Me really picking apart how fucking terrible it is. Or you can read My Sunday Scaries about how it's an underrated film. So, either one. And uh, stay tuned for next week. We're going to be recording it, um, I'm not sure when. Because I'm going to be at Film Fest 919 in, in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. We will figure it out. Um, this is Inside Baseball, but let's earmark maybe Tuesday or Wednesday. And uh, listen next week for some Dune interviews. I just spoke to Hans Zimmer, which was very cool. Um, surprisingly fun guy. I don't know why I was expecting otherwise. And uh, in a in a bit of news that no one will, will care about except me, I have to wake up at 7 a.m. on Sunday to interview Rebecca Ferguson for Dune and then oh. make an eight-hour drive to North Carolina. So the things I do for you all. Lucky you. Yeah. Have fun. She's in London. She's well, in London. She's... So uh, I won't because I'm going <laughs> to... So yeah. If next week you hear a terrible interview with me and Rebecca Ferguson, it's because I did not sleep. And I probably call her like Rebecca Black or like Jesse uh, Ferguson or something like that. I would like to interview Rebecca Black. I bet you would. <laughs> you probably legitimately think Friday's a great song, too. It's pretty fun. I <laughs> will, will end on this for weeks on end when I worked in an office job briefly out of college. I would trick someone every Friday to saying it was Friday so I could play the song. I had it queued up to the chorus and they fell for it every week. Like without fail. I'd be like, what? A... It's weird that it's Thursday. And he'd be like, well, it's not Thursday. And like other people in the office would be like, no, don't say it. But it would be too late. And I was so pleased with myself. Um, also, uh, if you're planning on having a Halloween costume in the next, uh, for Halloween, the next couple weeks, make sure you let us know what it is either, uh, in the comments or, um, people who are doing the podcast with me, feel free to let me know. Um, does anyone have a, a costume planned? Me and my, uh, fiance are doing Walter White and Jesse Pinkman. Which one's which? Uh, I'm, uh, Brian Cranston. She's Aaron Paul. Mm, I look forward to you being mistaken as Rick and Morty. Yeah, she's going to do, like, the stubble and everything. Cool. Anyone else? I'm going as dad carrying kids candy. <laughs> Steve's going as a haggard father. 
Yeah. Uh, well, Mitch, you're going as Tintin, right? I was about it. Yeah. Yep. Got, got it before I did. <laughs> yeah. I figured. Um, I'm actually, I have my first costume in several years, even though I have no plans. Um, I'm actually going to, going to be Cliff Booth. As an excuse to buy a Hawaiian shirt. That's fair. Yeah. So that's what I'm going to wear to your wedding. Is that cool? I mean, I prefer if you dress up, but you do you. <laughs> I mean, it would, yeah, I am dressing up. Listen, I'll, what if I bring an acid tip cigarette? What if you did? Yeah, well, there you go. If you want, if you um, want to get some really colorful podcast fodder at the wedding, then you know, you know what you have to do. Yeah, I just see Miles like I remember you. You rode a horsey. <laughs> All right, enough nonsense. We'll be back next week. We'll talk. Um, we'll revisit some of the films that have come out in the last couple weeks because I think everyone will see No Time to Die by then. Um, Steve will, I'm sure, have raged about Halloween and. Uh, so on and so oh the last duel everyone will have seen by then hopefully which I, yeah, yeah well, not me i think there'll but... be some i think there'll be some opinions about that one um and uh we'll just miss dune so the week after will be dune because i would imagine miles you're seeing it like first day or two of release oh yeah i'm seeing it like the thursday all right cool so we'll miss it by a day but that's fine all right thanks everyone for listening send your future questions and such to us and uh you know be good. So, we will be back next week. Thank you for listening. Bye, y'all. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe and to visit awardsradar.com for the best in awards and entertainment content.